0: To Premier Iglesia's weekly podcast from Houston, Texas, we hope you enjoy our English Pastor John Ryan Cantu's Sunday morning message. That, uh, let's get into today's word. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to Genesis chapter two. Genesis, I love Genesis, a book of origins and beginnings. Genesis chapter two, and I want you to stick with me this morning because we're going to get we're going to get a little real, if that's okay. And as Genesis two. 5 through 9, and then jumping down to 15 through 17. So it says this. When no bush of the field was yet in the land, and no small plant of the field had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the land, and there was no man to work the ground, and a mist was going up from the land and and, uh, was watering the whole face of the ground. Then the Lord God formed the man of the dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. And the Lord God planted a garden... Uh, in Eden and the East. And there he put the man whom he formed and out of the ground, the Lord had made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Skipping down to verse 15, it says the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, you may surely eat of any tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat for in the day that you eat of it. You shall surely die. Amen. I've entitled today's message, I Made a Choice. Someone say that with me. I made a choice. We're all familiar with, with decision making. We're all uh, familiar with making bad choices, especially. I think if there's one thing that we as a human race have in common is that we know what it is to have bad, uh, ba- bad consequences as a result of bad decision making. We've all made pretty terrible decisions in our lives before, whether it be a person that you dated or a, a job that you interviewed for and that you got, and that you started working a couple years, and you realize, man, this is pointless. We we all make pretty bad decisions sometimes. And I was kind of looking into you know the decision making process this week. It, it's it's so complex. It's not it's not so simple because it involves so many different variables that not even all the wisdom in the world can help you with because some decisions. They're just, you're just not going to know until you make the decision. You're not going to know what's on the other side. Uh, last week, we, we listed our house. Some of you guys know we listed our house um, on the market. And that, that's kind of why I had a jet last Sunday, last Sunday morning. I, I had Marisa dismissed and I, I snook out and because uh, we had a showing at the house and man, praise God. We, we received uh, about four offers last, last week. Pretty much everyone who went to see it, they put in an offer and made me feel, made me feel good, right? And, and, uh, I, I shared one of those offers, uh, with you on, on social media. If you follow me up on social media, um, th- this person, they didn't, they didn't just want our house. They wanted like everything inside the house. They wanted our furniture. They wanted our rug. They wanted our TV. They wanted a TV console. They wanted uh, the washer dryer and all the kitchen appliances. And then they wanted my guitar and, when Melissa's reading all that list, I'm like, okay, okay, okay. And then she says guitar. I was like, well, I kind of did a double take. I kind of felt like, if you've seen Toy Story 3, um, Andy, at the very end, he's giving away all his toys to the little girl because you know, this, is, this, is, this is good. I, I, I can do this. And then she reaches for Woody, and he's like, hold up. This is, nah, this is a little too precious to me. That's kind of the, the vibe that I got when when Melissa said, your guitar. I was like, excuse me? I was like offended. And uh, But then I started thinking about it a little bit more, and I was like, babe, they're essentially... You know, paying for us to buy new stuff like we can replace all of it. Um, their their offer, you know, it it included that that extra amount that they were asking for. And uh, then I I kind of got excited. At first I was offended. Then I was excited. I was like, man, I can get a new guitar, brand new guitar, brand new washer dryer, refrigerator, all these things. Um, unfortunately, we had already executed another contract. Um, with another offer that came in, it it was a good offer, and uh, you know we didn't want to lose it, so we we had to make a decision right then and there. Like, okay, let, let's let's just go ahead and do this. We got to act fast. You know, we're still kind of in a hot market right now. Let's just go ahead and do it. And um, we kind of wish that we had waited a little bit longer after doing that because I could have got myself a brand new guitar, brand new washer dryer, you know, brand new rug, all that stuff. So my point is, you know, even even when we think that we're making the wisest decisions. We, we, don't, we don't know certain things uh, that could make us regret those decisions later. Melissa and I, we, we, we didn't really pay too much mind to it. We just kind of moved on, trying not to think about it. Uh, we made a choice, and, and, and we can't take it back. In today's message, it, it's, centered out, it's centered around one of the most asked questions by Christians and atheists. I don't know if you know what that question is, but it's, it, it's a question that's in reference to God's actions. We hear in verse nine that, that God plants these two mysterious trees. One is a source of life and the other is a source of death. And he tells Adam, you can have any tree in the garden, anything that looks good. It's go for it. It's yours. You can have it. I'm giving you dominion over this land. I'm giving you this entire land. Everything is yours, but that one over there, that tree in the corner, that one's prohibited. Don't do it. And so the question is, well, why did God plant a tree in the garden that he knew could potentially lead to the destruction of his own creation? I hear this question at least once a week. I kid you not. By either a Christian or a non-Christian or a member of this church. It, it's, a, it's a question that I think has haunted so many Christians before um, that, that so much to the point that they leave the faith because you know, they can't get an answer that fits their mold of, of who God should be. And so many of us, I think, we put ourselves in the, in the God position where if I were God, I would never do that to my children. If I were planting a garden for my children, I would never also plant a, a, a deadly tree that, that could mean the end of their lives. I would never do that. What kind of a father would do that? And it takes us into all of these other secondary questions like, well, why, why did God just take out, why did he just take out the, the tree and the garden altogether? Is God not all loving? Did God set us up to fail? That's where the world is with this issue. And chances are, if you've been a Christian for any significant amount of time, you've probably dealt with these issues before. I have. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw my, my sister under the bus. I know Alexa has. Because she's asked me. We had a, an apologetics class you know, a, a couple months ago. And this was one of the, the questions that people asked. It's, it's a tough question. Why would an all-loving God, knowing that, that it would lead to death, why would he put it there? Was that just me? Or have you asked that question before? Let's get real, man. We can get real this morning. It's all good. And some of us, I think we get angry at God because we don't understand these things. We don't understand. And, and, you know, sometimes you might get angry with God. Sometimes you might get frustrated with God because you don't understand the things that he's allowing you to go through at any given moment. I I know this is kind of a, a silly issue, but I didn't understand when I was a kid, I was 12 years old, why my dad didn't want to let me play the keyboard at church just yet. I was 12 years old, I remember I was, I was going to, uh, to school for music, I was learning the piano, I had you know taken already six weeks of piano lessons, so I was good to go, I was ready, and um, I, I remember having the conversation with my dad in the car, I don't know if he remembers it, but I, I was in the back seat, my mom was in the front seat, and, and there, there was such a need in our church during that time, we didn't have any musicians. We, we didn't even have a keyboard player. And I basically told him, put me in, coach. Like, I'm ready. And I told I, I was given this word. I was told, I was prophesied over my life that I'm going to begin playing music and, and leading worship and playing the keys. And I'm going to do it all for the right reasons, for the honor and the glory of God. Everything felt right, church, in my mind. Everything felt right. I was fulfilling my purpose. I was getting prepared. I was taking the classes. The need was there. I was doing it for the right reason. So I didn't understand why my dad said, no, mijo, you're not ready yet. I was 12 years old having this conversation with my dad. And I, I remember being so frustrated, so frustrated, because I, I couldn't wrap my, my head around it. And I started to cry. I don't know if I cried in the car or I waited till I got home and, and cried in my room. But I cried. I, I know that because I, was genu- I genuinely felt like my dad was crushing my dreams. I, I, even, I even played out this scenario in my head. <laughs> where my dad was on his deathbed, and uh, I'm so dramatic, man. I'm, I'm very imaginative, apparently. I played out this scenario in my head. You were on your deathbed, dad, and and uh, you called me over because, you know, you're going to give me your last words, and, and you send me home. My only regret in life... <laughs> oh, man. My only regret in life is, is not letting you play the keyboard and I, and then in that moment, I forgave him. and It was like a huge event, and man, I mean, I could, I could write some pretty good books, man. I think, um, <laughs> but I remember telling him in the car, like, "Why did you even sign me up? Why? I met Marcos wit. I shook his hand. It was cool. So why, why did I go through all of that? And I'm not even, you're not even going to let me use it. and Of course, my mom's in the corner. She'd be my, you know, my biggest fan. Just let him, Juan. Let him, right? Just give him a Sunday. But now, years later, I completely understand why my dad didn't let me play. It was the same reasons that I wouldn't let someone else play because I, I sucked. I wasn't good. I wasn't good yet. I played maybe one or two chords, and I didn't even play them that well. And I, I, I moved like a, like a turtle on the keyboard. I, I was terrible. It wasn't the time yet. But I, I remember being so mad at my dad. Like I'd go like for a whole week. I'd go downstairs and he'd say, you know, good morning, and I'd just like, you know, what's up? (laughs) Because I didn't understand. I didn't understand. And sometimes we get so angry at God because we don't understand certain things. And and to us, it's clear. Like, like everything makes sense to us. And so, because it makes sense to us, we're like, God, everything, everything's in order here. So, so if, if if now is not the time, when is gonna be the time? If, 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 if the moment isn't right now, when is it going to be right? Like, why are you allowing me to go through these things? I did everything right. We get angry at God. We do. But, you know, when that anger goes unchecked, we all know that anger can lead to bitterness. Bitterness t- towards resentment. And when you get resentful to God, that's a very dangerous place to be because you could end up walking away. Be cautious when you're, when you're angry at God. Don't, don't, don't let that anger marinate too long because it can be destructive. And maybe there's something in your life today that you're not, you're not quite understanding, you're not seeing clearly, even though, again, to you, everything is crystal clear and, and you're saying, God, why would you allow this to happen? Why? I want to I talk about that question, these type of questions, the questions of why. When we ask why to God, it's essentially, God, why me? Right? It's always inwardly focused. It's never outwardly focused. Even when it's not directly related to, to me, it's always humanly focused, right? Uh, we say, God, why is there suffering in the world? Why do you allow humans to suffer? God, uh, why do kids get cancer? Why do mosquitoes exist? Uh, mosquitoes affect us. Why, 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 why this? Why that? Why do, why do we have the LA Lakers? Why? All of these things that affect us as human beings. Why, God? It's always inwardly focus. It's focused on us, the creation, not the creator. And, and, and so what happens is, is when we take the focus off of God and we place it on ourselves, God starts to look a little bit like the bad guy, right? Like God, you're here to serve me. God, you know, you're supposed to make me feel comfortable and you're supposed to be, I, I'm, I'm supposed to feel safe in your arms and and you got to make sure that I'm taken care of. I'm your creation, and I hear these arguments all the time. And it's like it's like people like to put humans on the same playing field as God, and we think that we think that the, the golden rule also applies to God. You know the golden rule, right? Treat others as you would want to be treated. So we apply that to God. Well, why 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 should God be so different? Why, why can't we treat God the way that we want to be treated? Why, why doesn't God treat us the way that he wants to be treated? But we're nothing like God, man. God is royalty. We're peasants. God is perfect. He's holy. We're, we're, we're sinful. We're flawed. God is all-knowing. I don't even know where my keys are at the time, man. He's all-powerful. I, can, I struggle with the pickle jar sometimes. Like... And we want to put ourselves on the same playing field. We don't deserve to be on the same playing field as God. And yet we turn around and we question the things that he does to us. We need to start taking a little bit more ownership of the things that happen to us, church. This is not a, it's not an easy message. It's not an easy pill to swallow. It's not, I, I I didn't, I don't, I don't even know why this word came to me. It's, it's kind of a very different type of word than I usually give, but I wanted to address it because, you know, when times are good, man, we, we give ourselves the credit, right? Like, oh man, I, I, we talked about how we worked so hard to get here and we prayed so many hours and we fasted. We did the Daniel fast at the beginning of the year and, 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 and we worked so hard and we spent hours in the classroom and, and, and brainstorming and coming up with ideas. We, we take all the credit when everything is good, but when something bad comes our way, we're like, God, I didn't sign up for that. That's not what I wanted. If that were my choice, I wouldn't have chosen that. Someone say, I made, a choice. I made a choice. I want to go back to that question that we asked before. Why did God put a tree in the garden that could potentially lead to death, that did lead to death? I want to answer that question to the best of my ability. And, you know, there are some people with different theologies that might answer slightly different. But I think the majority of Christians, we ascribe um, to the belief that God has chosen to give us a will. Right. God has given us the ability to make our own decisions. And, and so if if that's going to be our position, well, we have to, we have to, we have to realize that in order for God to have given us a choice, he had to give us choices. If God, you can't give someone options without presenting options to them. So, so God gives Adam an option that essentially boils down to two things. You can either obey me or you can disobey me. That's it. And then, and then he even lets Adam know what would happen if he disobeyed me. In that day, you shall surely die. Because disobedience goes outside of the order for which I created you. So if you're not operating how you were intended to be operating as my creation, you have no purpose. And Adam made a choice. Adam made a choice. Pastor Ryan, that was Adam's choice. That wasn't my choice. Adam's choice affects all of humanity. Adam decided to disobey God. Adam decided to take from the forbidden tree. That wasn't me. We're always pointing the finger at somebody, right? If it's not God, it's Adam or Eve. Ad- Adam did the same thing. Adam took from the tree and, and he pointed the finger. At Eve, God, it was a woman that you put me with. You should have not created a woman. I could have done things myself. I'm a man. It was the woman. And then the woman, Eve, turns around. She blames the serpent. And she says, hey, it, it wasn't, I was deceived. I'm, I'm the victim here, God. <laughs> There's always someone next in line to get the blame. We never stop to consider that, man, we make our own choices. Regardless of what or who influenced your decision, you still made the choice. And and it's not always fair. And the choice isn't always easy. And the options aren't always going to be good. And the circumstances aren't going to be ideal all the time. And sometimes you might get tempted. Sometimes you might be deceived. Sometimes you might be vulnerable. Sometimes you might be weak. But I make the choice. Sin still happens today. Not because of Adam. Adam but because of our decision to continue sinning. Right. That thing that you were looking at last night, that was, Adam didn't make you do that. that was, that's not Adam's fault. That, that person that you like to talk about behind their back, that, that person that you, you kind of hate on all the time, that, that wasn't because of Adam. Don't blame Adam. Your flaws aren't because of Adam. That jealousy, that's not because of Adam. I made a choice. I make a choice, and, and 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 the thing is, today we still know the consequences of sin, just like Adam knew, and we still make a choice. So when you start to think about things like this, when you when you start to take the blame off of God and off of everybody else, you start to realize, man, I'm, I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. a tough word, huh? The the world doesn't like to hear these types of, of messages anymore. Messages of repentance. Oh man, they don't they don't go very well these days. Years ago, man, people had like the they had the stomach for it. They had some thick skin. They 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 felt it. They they felt convicted with these types of messages. Now everybody just feels judged, triggered. People don't like to be told that they need repentance. It's easier to blame God. It's easier to blame everyone else. I'm never the problem. The world is so messed up because of humans. I've lost my faith in humanity. You're human. (laughs) You're a person. And, And it's like the problem's never me. The problem's always someone else. And who are you to say that I'm in sin? Who are you to say that I need Jesus? Who are you to say that I shouldn't be living like this? The truth is, church, and I'll just use myself as an example, the truth is I wake up every day with those same two trees, in my garden. Every day. Life or death. And for the most part, I'm on the side of life. I like to dwell with Jesus. He's good company. His Holy Spirit empowers me. I feel good when I'm in his presence. I love being blessed by him and known by him. I love it. I'm in the tree of life. That's where my hope is. But you know what? Sometimes. I'm going say Sometimes. Sometimes. In the middle of the night. I creep out and I go to the other side of death tree and I mess up and I fail to trust in God. I fail to heed his word. I fall short of the glory of God. Sometimes I sin, sometimes I lie, sometimes I mess up, sometimes I judge people. I'm not going to try to act holy. Maybe I I should because next week's the vote, but (laughs) I'm just letting y'all know. We all sin. The Bible says that we all fall short of the glory of God. And and before I'm a pastor, I'm a human. And you know what? It's never the fault of anyone else but my own. Adam didn't invent sin. He was just the first sinner. That's it. And look, I'm about to get a little theological with me. Hold on. Stay with me, okay? This is important. You as a Christian, you have to see the significance of all this. Something happened when Adam sinned, right? Death entered the world. We all know that. Death entered the world when Adam sinned. And because Adam chose death, he took his privileges to choose life again out of the equation. When Adam chose death, he chose to die. And if you choose to die, you can't choose to come alive again. You can't choose to be born again. It doesn't, it, it doesn't make sense. You can't choose when you're going to be born. And after death... You can't choose when, when you know, to come back alive. It's just not the way that it works. It's impossible. So, so when Adam chose death, life, the option of choosing life again, that was off the table. So in a, in, a, in, a, in a way, our free nature and our ability to choose between life and death, it was gone. I don't know if you've ever thought about that. But we, we dug ourselves in a hole that humanity could not get out of. There was no going back. Just like you can't choose to be born, just like you can't choose to come back to, you know, after death. The same is true. The same concept is true in the spiritual realm. Because if you're dead spiritually, there is nothing that we can do to be made alive. There is nothing. Nothing. We're dead in our sin and there's nothing that we can do. As much good as we want to do, as much charity work as we want to do, as much uh, philanthropy we want to do. There was nothing good enough to deserve life with Jesus Christ and his father. Humanity chose death and our option to choose life again. That was off the table. Again, we're talking about repentance here, right? We're, we're talking about our inability to, to choose life because we were dead. We were hopeless. But someone say, but God. Whew, I love that. But God in his infinite love and his infinite grace and mercy, and patience, and goodness, and kindness, he met us in our hopelessness. He met us. Jesus literally met us at the point of death, so that through him, we might have the choice to choose life again. That's what happened. That's what happened. Our choice was taken away from us, because we made a choice. We chose death, but Jesus comes back in the form of man, fully God, and he replants that that tree to give us life again i don't know if that makes you excited but that is powerful that is powerful to me paul says in romans just as one trespass led to condemnation for all men so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men jesus is called the second adam i like to call him adam 2.0 because He's better than the first. He's stronger than the first. He can do all the things that the first can't do. He's, he's like, they got it wrong with the first one, but the, the, the second version, that's the one that you want. And after, after Adam sinned and before Jesus came, that, that tree of life, it was gone. We couldn't choose it. And so Jesus comes and he makes it possible for us to choose between life and death again. Isn't that awesome, man? Even though man made a choice and we had to suffer the consequences of that choice, God still gives us an option that we don't deserve in order for us to choose him. I make my own choice. And so when you think about, when you think about the question like this, and I hope you learned something, I hope you can, you, you can uh, uh, defend against this position. You tell people, you tell people, did God really set you up to sin? To, to to fail? Did God set up humanity to fail? You tell him no, he caught me in my failure. That's what he did. He caught me in my failure. And though I made a terrible choice that took away the choice for me to choose life, God came down in the form of Jesus Christ and He gave me that choice again. Yes. This morning, I want to make a choice to continue living. For my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, where's Will? He restores every failure, every, every weakness. He fixes everything. And I, I, I dare you this morning, church, to choose life because you have a choice to make. It belongs to you. There's a very simple message of repentance and of salvation. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask that we stand this morning. Thanks for tuning in to Primera Iglesia's weekly podcast. Join Pastor John Ryan Cantu every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For directions or more information, visit us at PrimeraIglesia.org. We'll see you next time and hope you have a blessed week.